0: everyone to fly over footy we got a full house tonight we got matt baker we got jake we got Stuart and we got santiago i'm phil uh hope you guys have had a good week uh you know we had a game and we're going to talk about that but just before we do that jake let's let's check in with you man it's been a little while how have you been
1: ah it's it's going okay uh last week's been crazy honestly i have not paid attention too much to st louis city i missed the that game unfortunately over the weekend me too tough tough one to miss um i got hit with some of the the flooding slash overflow so my basement flooded a couple times over the last week also have uh had family in town over the weekend which is perfect timing we had a great time with them um but it's been uh it's been it's been pretty busy for me as of lately so i'm just gonna crack open my beer and uh Ready to sit back and listen. To you guys talk about city.
0: Well, I mean, I'd say the, the craziest thing about the double flood, because it was like a flood and a half, right? Or like a double mm-hmm. flood yeah. and a single flood, if you want to call it that. But you like you had roto come over and put fans in your basement and you had to call them on the second flood to be like, it's flooding again. What do you want me to do with your electric fans that are being flooded
1: right yeah. now? <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, luckily flood number two wasn't as bad because on it was Tuesday morning or yeah, Tuesday morning when all the rain happened and I like woke up at 5 a.m. to my basement like with two feet of water in it. And I know I'll preface this by saying a lot of people had it way worse than me. So yeah, we're very fortunate. Absolutely. Our basement's unfinished. Don't have a lot of stuff down there. So that's good. Um, but yeah, it's not fun to wake up to that situation. Luckily, we were pretty early to get on like call into Roto-Rooter. So they were able to get out to our house fairly early. But they, yeah, they set everything up on Thursday at like noon. They packed up and left. So everything's running and all the fans are blowing. They did all the cleaning and everything. And then it starts raining again. Another flash flood. I like see my streets flooded again. I was like, oh, crap, I got to check the basement, <laughs> which is also starting to flood. So, yeah, I call Roto-Rooter. I'm like, uh, yeah, our basement's flooding again. You guys just left. Uh, you're f- what, what, what do you want me to do with these fans?
2: <laughs> That's crazy. Uh,
1: Sorry, yeah.
0: man. I'm glad it wasn't. I, it could have been worse. You could have had a finished basement or something. You know, it could have mm-hmm. been higher, I suppose. But still, it's really stressful. You seem okay. You're
1: doing good? Doing good now. I, <laughs> yeah. I, now, it's like, do we get another, do we pay for another cleaning, which is going to be super expensive? Mm-hmm. We don't know, like, how expensive this first round was. So, I, we, I'm just trying to be happy in the moment. But Yeah. <laughs> I haven't got the bill yet. That's why. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. We won't think about that. We
2: won't think about that. <laughs>
0: Santiago, how you doing, man? What's up tonight? What's up with you this week?
2: Oh, doing great, doing great. It's been um, it's been a good week so far. Um, finally got some uh, warmer weather, which is something i I enjoy. So so happy about that. and fortunately um, the rain didn't um, didn't hit my house. Um, didn't have any any issues like like Jake or or people, but uh, but it was crazy too too much rain for
0: me yeah, my only thing i was out of town so i was curious what i'd come home to but we're luckily we live in a neighborhood called high point so like i think we had a feeling we'd be okay and we were <laughs> right so. um Stuart, how are you man uh, i think you were the other one i was actually worried about because you do live in the city and you never know about those sewers
3: uh, i'm I'm doing pretty good so my house is actually up kind of on a on a hill but I do have well no no basement in the city is completely dry so yeah. I was getting some mud waters but uh for historic rains uh I woke up kind of crying, complaining that I had like two leaks that were going into my uh drain in my basement and then I was seeing people with like three feet of waters in there and and seeing what jake was going through and i was like "Eh, um so uh definitely blessed and jake i'm sending you good vibes because that was rough man yeah full house tonight like i said
0: matt baker's here the fifth person we're checking in with this this uh evening how are you matt how's everything Oh, are you are you muted, Matt? Sorry, we're not hearing you. Uh, there, you, oh. I can hear Matt.
2: Oh, yeah, really? I can hear Matt.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's just me. Okay, Matt, you go ahead, and when I see your mouth stop moving, I will continue talking. So. uh I think someone might need to (laughs) (laughs) take over here Um, because I can't hear a word Matt's saying. And I think that's totally fine. I think I don't know if Jake or Matt or someone wants to just kind of take it from here and I will maybe re-log in and see what happens.
1: Uh, Matt's
2: gone.
0: He bounced. Oh, he bounced. So maybe he'll log back in. We'll give it a shot. Let's let's get this started, though. Here, I'm going to bring him back in. Let's get this started with the Tacoma game. Matt, you want to say something and see? If I hear you.
4: I don't really want to talk about Tacoma.
0: Oh, I don't either. I hear you now though. This is the best. All right. I'm so sorry. I do think that's <laughs> probably my error or like restream messing up. But now we can that's all talk okay. about I, it and I'm really certain in pain I was together. just
4: droning on and on about floods and prophecies and stuff i it was just it, probably best that nobody heard what i had to say
0: well there's a chance that if i didn't get it my computer didn't either so I, it might be edited out
4: <laughs> <laughs> i'm all right with that i'm all right
0: with that. love you matt uh let's talk about tacoma matt we're gonna finish up with you i'm you're gonna back clean up on this one um but i know i saw a lot of complaining from stewart so i know he saw at least part of the game so i want to start with stewart stewart what'd you see in this game get us started
3: uh, I think the bigger deal is what didn't I see, and that was a huge chunk of what was going on. Uh, the, the camera work is so terrible. It's reprehensible that MLS Next Pro actually launched the lead with this production quality. Um, but that's maybe for the better. That was a, that was a really, really rough match. Against Tacoma or Aquila Defiance, as they no longer even play in Tacoma. Hmm. So, I bought with Reburn's sounds No, did
2: so we lose
0: Stuart? Yeah, we might have lost Stuart. Uh, Santiago, I think you saw we're this just game. dropping
2: like flies here. So. <laughs> I
0: know it's been a rough night. My computer was having trouble too before we even started, so. Something's going on. Uh, Santiago, do you want to continue on with some of the things you saw?
2: Yeah, well, um, yeah, as the Stuart was saying, uh, the stream quality was really bad. So uh, I was having a hard time following uh, the ball and what was going on. Um, I don't know. This, uh, and I could do a better job, like trying to plug in the computer to a TV, but I don't know. This, this. It doesn't help. Online, yeah, stuff online. I don't know. It just doesn't motivate me. So I'm just sitting here watching on the computer. And yeah, it was really hard to, to follow the ball and see what was going on. Uh, but I think it was a night to forget for for City 2. Like um, Tacoma outplayed City 2. And and um, they had a lot of options. And uh, like nothing was going right for, for City 2 uh, first with that. PK, um, like, made the uh, first half and, and then a goal towards the end of the second half and another goal early in the second half and then uh, in a restart after the water break. So things weren't going well for, for the boys. Um, so I'm sure this is a game uh, awkward uh, we we'll look at and I'm sure um, things will – they will correct. The mistakes and and make sure uh, they bounce back but it was just a, a night to forget for for st louis city too
0: yeah i'm looking at stats we can list a few of them uh that we weren't leading in possession but often we lead in shots and especially shots on goal we were uh behind in both or we were ahead in shots 17 to 16 but behind on shots on goal by eight to four uh, just, yeah, the stats kind of show me what maybe it looked like. But maybe, Matt, you can give us some more details on what you saw.
4: Well, now I'm curious what site you're looking at for stats.
0: Oh, I hope I didn't pick the wrong Defiance game. Let me look. Oh, it's 5-1. <laughs> yeah,
4: this well, is MLS Next Pro. Did Are you having trouble logging into that stat page? No, I, I see it. It's just <laughs> different numbers. Wow, Really? Yeah, huh. like the, on the summary, they list us as having uh, um, seventeen. Well, seventeen to sixteen, but shots on goal eight to four. Oh, that's. I thought that's um, what I said. I'm sorry if okay. I said something sorry. wrong. I'm sure I, I had. Yeah, and and no, to me the whole game, we were we were just slower than they were, hmm. and so Santiago mentioned that it kind of started in the the 28th minute with that penalty by uh, AJ Palazzolo, and you know, I was watching it on my TV, trying to stream it from my iPad and granted at the time, the players looked like ants. And so you had to do a little, um, I I was able to like rewind it a little bit. Uh, I don't know how I was able to, but I did. And it was pretty clear that AJ was about a step and a half behind the guy. Hmm. And it was kind of just a desperation tackle. And it happened to be in the box. And I think that was, um, emblematic of just at least the entire first half where we always seemed to be a step behind them and their attackers were more or less carving up our defense. And the way the timing in which they scored, and I think Hackworth made this comment uh in Tom Timmerman's article, but you know, their their goals, they're right before the water break, um, right before half, right after half, uh, right after some subs. You know, there were times where they seemed to just catch us off guard and never, they never let up. They were pretty relentless in their attack. And it, we really didn't, we, we knew that they had such a powerful attack. They lead the league in goals. They lead the league in expected goals. Mm. Um, Santiago and I talked about that on that preview show that we did uh, on Twitter spaces right before the game. We knew what we were up against. It's just that our defense, um, we, whether, whether it was getting caught flat footed from the press or just not covering the gaps that sometimes we've been deficient in. Anyway, we know that there have been times where um, attackers have found space in between our fullbacks and our center backs, and that was exposed pretty heavily in this game, and and, and consistently. So, like the only time that we we ended up scoring, I think it was a, a quick buildup where Akil Watts just kind of had the ball laid it off, and then. Juan Cousin just shot it from nowhere, almost outside the 18. It wasn't even it wasn't even a, a like well built up play. It was just individuals making plays happen. And we had opportunities, more opportunities at least in the second half. But their few stars that we talked about before before the game, um, Alfonso Campo Chavez and um, and Vargas, uh, they Marlon Vargas, they tore us up. And they never let up. We didn't seem to have any kind of an answer to them. And my only hope going into the game was that our defense um, knew what they were up against. And so maybe the high press, they they knew to take maybe cheat back a little bit or take a step back and, and track back. And it didn't work.
0: One thing I'll say about Tacoma is that they're one of the few teams that are used to dealing with championship level opposition on a regular basis for three years now. I mean, they've been in the league for a long time. And they've had these young players playing since they joined the team. Ocampo Chavez. And um, what was the other one? It starts with the V. Vargas. Mar- Vargas, Vargas. Yeah. yeah. Those two have been on that team for like two or three, four years. Um, they're experienced against this level and, and maybe better even, depending on what you consider St. Louis City to be. So.
4: And they started six MLS signed players. Yeah. So they had the experience. They had the talent and i think the other thing that does to me is it i, I had a tweet right after the game I, trying trying to make a positive spin or trying to at least look um you know as as positive as you can at a 5-1 loss it was almost a reality check at the very least to me so if you're not going to be doom and gloom about the rest of our season and the players and how they they performed it has to be a reality check the last time we lost like this it was a 4-0 loss to minnesota and we came back and we won, and then we lost the, the following game to the Quakes 2 and PKs, and then we ran, went on our streak. Mm-hmm. But we bounced back after that 4 nothing loss, and so I think that's what we have to do against the fire. And the other reality check to me is almost a reframing, because when you go on the run that we were on, where you lose one match in 10 games, you start to have these lofty expectations. You're, you're cleaning up in the league, and you start to think, all right, maybe seven or eight of these guys could move up. And I'm not saying that they can't, but this is kind of at the, at the you play the best if you want to be the best and we got shut down by the best. And so that's a reality check to me on reevaluating just mentally the players that we have the realistic chance of how can we forecast who's going to make the MLS roster, which is an appropriate thought, given that tease tonight, Hmm. but just making sure that we're not, um, hyping up these, these guys too much. They are very talented. I love every single one of them, but realizing where they are in this league and uh, you know where they realistically can go next year, not saying they can't stick around a to city Two, get signed to a supplemental deal, those kinds of things multiple of our players, but realistically thinking, um, how did some of these guys perform against this level of talent which Phil to your, your point, is experienced is on that roster and has been around for a long time this was the measuring stick and i think we had that dose of reality
0: yeah and and perhaps also tacoma has been a little bit under the radar and up and coming at the same time so maybe they caught us at the right time but Stuart, i think my favorite thing that you were kind of getting on about is that every team has a shit game away you know maybe this is just that one shit game away you know the Minnesota thing was a weird lineup this is the first time we've had like our A game coming against someone that we just didn't look right and we didn't look good I liked what you said there
3: uh, well one thing that's interesting is uh, Tacoma has been dominant at home they have eight wins one loss and one that was a penalty uh, at home and way three and three they only have two more home games, just like uh, City 2 only has more home games. But City 2 is 5-1-1 one, one on the road compared to Tacoma. But we're a much better road team compared to Tacoma. And Tacoma is spending four out of the next five weeks away. So when it comes to September 18th, we might be them again if you know uh, these patterns hold so overall not not terribly worried we should have beat them at home and uh, uh, it was a shit game it happens I mean we did our best unfortunately
2: that was the end of the undefeated streak in away games (laughs) what a way to go I mean, it's been uh, good, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a good streak. Uh, but yeah, as, as Stuart said, it's kind of one of those um, wake-up games for the team. And I'm sure the guys will, will learn from it and and correct anything that needs to be corrected. But yeah, it's a good reality check. Uh, maybe we are, like, yeah, St. Louis will make the playoffs. But uh, I think it also tempers expectations. Uh, maybe we won't win the league. But yeah, it'll be great to have playoffs and and see some of the MLS guys in action in the next few weeks but uh, at the end of the day the the goal for this team at least for this year is is development and and see which guys can make it to to the next level so um the team is still doing that and if there is playoffs and the team is that that's well great that's a bonus but but I think I think the team is on the right track and and they will bounce back from this one against Chicago
0: Last thing I wanted to say about the game was the uh, interesting move to put um, all the kids in when it was clear we weren't going to win this game. And I wonder if that's like a little bit of a, you know, view of the future, right? Like that our two team will become more of a two team for the kids uh, because, yeah, some a lot of these players may be playing up or maybe not. We'll see what happens. But um, I liked that they did it um, personally. And I thought, I wonder if that'll be something we do more in the future once we are not the top team in St. Louis. I don't know, though. I don't know what you guys think.
4: I like that we gave Miguel Perez almost an entire half a play. haven't seen a whole lot of him lately, so it was nice to give him an opportunity. Um, it was weird to see Hebert
0: that- leave, though. I saw your tweet about that, Matt.
4: That was odd to me. That so in the same sense of I'm glad to see Josh Mayer out there, I was it was bizarre to me to see Kyle Hebert taken out with four minutes to go. Mm-hmm. I know we were down by four or but down by three at that point and the game was out of hand and you want to protect against injuries and you know the the freak things that could happen. But at the same time, I thought it was something that our team and Kyle in particular could hang his hat on to have played every single regulation minute of every single game so far there are not even a handful of guys in the league who can say that they've done that and he can't say that anymore and it just seemed a little odd for the timing um you know could have taken yarrow out at that time just to get mayor some minutes and preserve that kind of a streak. I I don't know what the reasoning was. I don't know if there was even thought given into the fact that he had that kind of a streak going. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not something that, you know, him or the team care about. I don't know. It was just something notable because I'd been tracking it. And, um, he's the only player on our, our roster who had at the time, um, that, that honor.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, maybe we'll get to see these guys again. Is it in our, it's not in our schedule, right? So it would have to be the playoffs. Playoffs, Okay.
4: Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, if uh, standings hold, we'd play them in the conference championship.
0: I like it. I hope it happens because I think Stuart, you were saying this. Sorry, Stuart. I think you were you're breaking up quite a bit, but um, we looked good against them last time,
4: right? So I do think they came. Did they come out on top on the last game? But we, yeah, we beat them the last game. That was the game, second game of the year after Rochester, where oh, that we makes a difference. Took, we took the early lead, and then they started to come back. I think they would scored two goals yeah. late. Um we ended up winning four three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we we started strong and we kept on them and then after the subs, um, they tried to make a run and we were able to shut them down. That was a home game too.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think confusing that with the uh, Whitecaps
0: white caps match. Um, yeah. I was too. Um I'm, yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. That makes sense. Um, OK, so maybe we'll get another replay of that and we'll kind of get to see what the what the true outcome is and uh, maybe hang our hat on that. Um, hopefully. Uh, next up is it looks like Fritz Volmar is a MLS an MLS Next All-Star. And Matt, you've been tracking him really well as, um, as well. And he's been kind of separating himself from the rest of the Academy boys, you noticed. And I like that you noticed that. And, and I figured you had some things to say about this.
4: Well, he, from the start of the season, has separated himself. He was the first academy player to get minutes for City 2. Surprisingly um, at the time. Very surprising at the time. Still somewhat surprising, only for the fact that, you know, we came into the season with expectations for um, mainly Aaron Hurd because of the yeah. uh, the accolades, the, uh, the assumptions of next steps. And so, to me, this just says so much about the effort and work he's been putting into practice and leading the U 17s to, uh, the MLS cup, MLS next cup playoffs. I think, uh, I think that this kid's got just the world ahead of him and I've heard, I've heard rumors and, um, that he, he may be pursuing college as opposed to going pro. And there's a conversation being had regarding that so i find this honor in particular to be very noteworthy when you think of that that um what is his next step going to be because you know thinking of you know i think it was in our uh when city had that tease tonight of somebody's joining josh yarrow and who's it going to be and they mm-hmm. had to guess who and we th- we tossed out fritz Walmer. and it's not outside the realm of possibility. I think it would be odd and somewhat awkward to announce that now, <laughs> but I don't think it's outside the realm of um, possibility that he could be eventually, if he chose to go pro our first homegrown and it has nothing to do necessarily with just the fact that he's the first all-star, but uh, his consistency uh, in the Academy matches, um, not unlike a Yara or Hebert have been to city Two. And then he's had experience now in the U S open cup. He's had probably the most experience of any city Two player uh, that is on an amateur contract. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, there, there were 45 players chosen, not from 45 teams, but from the entirety of MLS next. And that's, I want to say near a hundred academies at this point, because mm-hmm. they have the MLS academies and then they have the sh- showcase or the select or whatever it's called the non-affiliated, you know, the Gallagher's and the Lufuses and all of the others. So 45 total players, they're doing an East West, um, all-star game on August 10th. And he was the representative from St. Louis. And I don't think I, I will easily be proven wrong. Cause I didn't too, look too hard, but I don't think there were too many players. If any, multiple teams, ha- like that were of multiple teams. You know what I mean? Like Cincinnati didn't have two players. I think it was one from each, and not every team got a player. So for us, that, that tells me that he's on the map of the league. Um, these players were chosen by the MLS Next Player Selection Committee, made up of uh, some key MLS player development department personnel, so those who have been evaluating these players, looking at these games, watching the entire league for uh, months and maybe years at this point. I think they just finished their second year. So these are these are scouts who know the league, know the players, and have taken a, an eye to Fritz Wilmer. And it's a great honor for him. It's a great honor for St. Louis to be represented in an MLS All-Star game before we even have a team in MLS. Mm-hmm. How cool is that?
0: It is very cool. And I, I, I want to talk about one thing that we've kind of gone over in our DMs that I think people might enjoy the conversation of live here is, you know, what's the difference between pulling in so let's say we have Nilsson at center back. Let's say we have Yarrow at center back. And then do we want to be able to lean on like a super draft pick? Say we get an, the other mayor, right? The third mayor kid. And let's say we have some kind of, let's say we pull off Jack mayor. Let's say we don't. And we lean on someone like Hebert or Volmar or the mayor that we do have, you know, what do we do or do we go and get ourselves a really high end center back say an American at this point, it would be probably um, like Zimmerman or someone like Aaron long. And this is the fun conversation of if we have three center backs playing in a game, starting in a game, what do we want? Do we want CONCACAF champions league level back three? Do we want, you know, bringing up the kids so that they're amazing someday or do we want somewhere in the middle? It's It's been fun to kind of debate this within our group. What do you guys think?
4: I have thoughts, but you guys go ahead.
3: <laughs> well, I think uh, you, at, at this point, Nashville has to be the, the print that we will follow. So, off the cuff, uh, Aaron said, is, is the number one possibly available option of a... Uh, like, uh, Guy in his late twenties, like a great degree, Mike Uh So, if Aaron Long's available and you can bring an Aaron Long, uh, Nielsen, Ukeelson, uh, center back, Aaron, I don't think there's any way you can hmm. you can turn that down. I mean, that's just for the league. That's that's incredible. And, um, and then you, you have depth. I mean, it, injuries happen, so you want depth. Even Nashville has R. Romney and Zimmerman as their top three uh, center backs, and there's going to be plenty of rotation in games for them. So, yeah. Yeah, no, if, if we got a guy like, like Jack or we got a guy like. Uh, Play Volmer or someone like that to bleed him in a little bit. There's plenty of opportunities. If, if you get, you're not going to stare Gift Horton in the mouth and get an opportunity with a, a Walker Zimmerman type center back. You have to take it and it's fine. There's just no way around that.
0: I like that thought. And I know we've talked about the LAFC right back center back that could play in, in a three back position center back role. Um, Santiago, what do you think?
2: I, I would like I like the idea of having a uh, two, two top center backs and playing with three in the back and um, I think uh, that's part of building the team uh, from from the back and and going from there uh, having that experience and having a uh, two top players uh, as your center backs I think will set up the team uh, for success defensively and 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 uh, when you um when you start building the team and, and looking at what other pieces to add you you know that you have two solid pieces uh, that you can build from so i like that idea
0: kind of hard to argue with uh jake we got to see berkey were at work the other day and so we know his quality so like we could mm-hmm. we could play some academy kids and probably get away with some stuff right but i don't know what you would think about that situation
1: yeah i i i don't know either um it'd be what i've been thinking or going in, over in my head right now like as we're talking about this is is do we think yarrow is ready to like be that starter or is it going to be are we going to bring in someone like it, yeah if you can get someone like long aaron long then that'd be amazing but can we get someone of that quality in the super draft Um or the what's the expansion draft, expansion draft, draft getting, yeah. getting them all mixed up mm-hmm. um so i because i don't know if I think that's what maybe we're going to shoot for. I don't know if, if it's just like in the off season um, or when the windows open or if it's uh, like an expansion draft thing, I think it's going to be who's available. But yeah, at this point, I don't know if Yara is ready to be that starting center back next to Nilsson.
4: What are your guys thoughts on him specifically?
0: Matt, I think you got to weigh in here, bud.
4: Yeah, I so starting with Fritz Vollmer. Um, if he chooses to go pro, I would not be the slightest bit surprised to see him named to multiple game day rosters. I don't know about seeing a heavy amount of minutes at all, but I think, I think he'll be named to some rosters. I think he'll get a lion's share of time in city Two, um, and, and that's where I see him at this point. Um, he'll, he'll get his chance more so than a lot of other of a lot of other players and I think he does have the talent to help out on the back line, whether it's a three center back, whether it's, um, in the, in two center back roles. But when it comes to what our, our MLS line is going to look like, I want to see us spend big on a second center back. Hmm. I don't think that's Josh Yarrow as the everyday starter right now. I see Yarrow more as the rotational player, uh, coming in in the 60th minute to provide that, added stamina to finish off a game, um, providing depth for U.S. Open Cup, Leagues Cup runs. There are a lot of competitions next year. We're going to need a lot of depth, and that's where Yarrow comes in. He might even get some some time on City 2, not unlike how we're seeing some of the players now. I don't know if he'll be in the supplemental roster, those 21 through 30s. I think Yarrow has the skill and the talent to uh, actually make it on an MLS roster, which would mean his City 2 time would be very limited, from what we've seen this year. So almost like uh spot starts if he needs the extra minutes because he's not subbing in for City. It's kind of how I see Josh Arrow's role playing out. Um, Aaron Long is an interesting candidate. And I would say, I would agree wholeheartedly that if we can get Aaron Long, we get Aaron Long. Um, I think he would go extremely well with Joachim Nilsson. I think Aaron Long is a right-footed center back. Is that correct? Yeah. So Nielsen's oh, yes. a left-footed center back. I think that would pair yes. well. Um, the other center back that I was looking at, uh, Alex Callens, is a left-footed center back. So that would be the only pause I would have there. Callens mm-hmm. is an amazing talent. But for Aaron Long, the the talk is that he's going to want DP money. We have two DPs now. We can get a third. Um, and, and I'm not opposed to spending a DP slot on a center back. It's not him, to, though. To Stu's point, it's worked well for Nashville, but his age and what kind of contract he would be on, I don't, I, that's the thing that would gives me pause, but Aaron long is, is his salary. Um, I, yeah, I
3: wanna... his injury history, yes. Yes. injury
4: history, I don't know that, I think he's asking high, but he's not going to get that. The, the, the rumor is that he wants Zimmerman money and Zimmerman just, uh, signed to a DP contract for Nashville. And so that, yeah, I, I would be weary of relying hundred percent on Aaron Long going forward in uh, our roster, the way we've built our roster right now. And I know it's going to change when we start signing MLS players, but every single person that we've signed so far in these international deals is signed at least through 2025. So we're not just building our spine out. Yeah. We're building our spine for longevity. And I see that second center back role somewhat in a similar manner where I want to sign a, a center back who is at least of the caliber of Nilsson um, or similar and is top in ML. It, this is the splash right here. So we're, we've looked at our striker. We've looked at uh, like our box to box number six. I'm still interested in how that um, that attacking mid that number eight type role is going to going to go. But the center back is the other thing that really doesn't worry me yet. But I need to see a splash on that because of what we've seen with city Two. The style of play that Lutz runs out mm. and that Hackworth's been coaching is prone to, we just talked about it with Tacoma, it's prone to be sliced and diced. And we, we, when you have players who are allowing gaps between the fullbacks and centerbacks and you're needing to track back a considerable amount, you need high quality centerbacks to fill those roles um alexander callens i think would do that very very well like i said the only pause with him is the the left-footed aspect where you just have two left-footed center backs and maybe that's just what you do and his salary would from what we're hearing on the athletic come in uh, around a tam deal so we wouldn't have to spend dp money on him um and he would be a free agent at the end of this year so we just go sign him you throw money at him and it him to come to uh, St. Louis who we know are craving South American players right now. Hmm. I don't, I don't think that's any, any uh, stretch of the imagination. So, and, and he's a known commodity in MLS. Like this is a guy he's, he's a top two list type of guy. And that's how you, that's how you make a splash in uh, free agency. Now, whether you want to take a chance and select him in the expansion draft, that's a whole nother question because uh, the way the, the expansion draft works is MLS Cup is happening, I think November 4th. And then it's historically been around 10 to 14 days or so up to 14 days after MLS Cup, when the expansion draft is held, once the expansion draft is held free agency opens. So the, the, the downside to selecting a free agent in the expansion draft is you may not get them. And we've seen that with Austin. So, <laughs> You have to be weary about that kind of a wheel and deal. Um, but the expansion draft is also, I think, wasn't Walker Zimmerman selected in the expansion draft by Nashville?
0: I thought they bought You, uh, you might be right.
4: It was a, it was a trade. I or was he a, it was a trade with LAFC? Yeah. It was expand draft. So yeah connected to LAFC making moves. So I would I would expect those kinds of deals to be made. So we've been looking at the uh, free agency list, and we talked about it on our last show with, um, uh, I think it was Franco Escobar was the mm-hmm. right back, right center back, uh, wing back. Yeah. So Franco Escobar is another very appealing option because we don't have a right back yet. We don't know if we're going to run with a three center back, with uh, a two fullback role. So his versatility would do... Very well. He's 27. So the the age, the dollar amount where he would probably be pushing that max salary, all of that lines up. So that's another exciting free agent option of quality MLS experience. He's an MLS Cup champion with Atlanta. And so you look at how potentially these pieces could be falling very quickly between uh, the free agents we could get after the draft. And then you figure that you can count on two or so players to be selecting the expansion draft that can make an impact. We've, we see a lot of trades. We see a lot of, um, a lot of movement happen with the expansion draft day of, um, the surprise ones that happen that have been in, in the works forever. And then all of a sudden you draft a guy and whoa, you flipped them. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't count that out where you just maybe accept some gam during the draft and get another team what they want. But I look for us to have two guys or so in the expansion draft and then sign a, at a few of these, um, these top free agents and the other silver lining type thing to what we've been doing international wise, uh, that we talked about, uh, offline is signing a lot of these guys for free transfers. So we're not spending, we're not breaking the bank on some of these guys, especially when it comes to what we can spend our gam on. So expansion teams get a boatload of gam to spend and in, in MLS to try to offset some of these costs and bring down costs of some of these players. We're not. We're not spending a lot of that right now. Uh, Our our really heavy investments have been with our two DPs and with Nilsson, who we expect to be on a TAM deal.
0: But we're about to probably start spending that. We're going to talk about that in a little Mm -hmm. bit here. But like to focus back in on what kind of center back we'd want to bring in as a second. I love that we've listed these three that I, I feel like after Stu, what you said, I thought we would get. Uh, Long just because just because of Carnell and because of our system system and (laughs) the situation like especially now that I felt weird about saying that um, and I wasn't sure I wanted it but I thought it would happen but after Stewart's comments I think you're right he's right like you go after that guy it's too perfect the name recognition if you can get him at the price you want, and I, I love that that's what you were saying. I agree 100%. You get him down to a TAM deal of some sort. We're going to have plenty to go around in that regard. Um, you get him. If you don't, I love Franco Escobar. He's a perfect stand-in in that position. If you're going to find someone that's like the current right back that we got, Franco is perfect, and he can fill in at center back if you play him back three. It's just too perfect. You know you can get him on a TAM. You know LAFC is not even using him it's perfect. So like we have options, God knows their short list, uh, that Lutz has is probably, you know, 10 more center backs on top of that around the world. So, you know, there's no worries here. Obviously this is just kind of fun to talk about like high end center backs that we could pull in. Um, I wasn't sure I wanted to get someone because I do want to see Yaro get some time. I do want to see, um, Volmar get some time or even Mayer get some time. Uh, but as Matt said, lots of competitions coming. So, so here,
2: so here's the thing: if you if you end up getting Aaron Long or uh, Alexander Callens and you have two top center backs, what do you guys think about plugging in Yarrow as the third center back if you're gonna play with three in the back?
0: He's perfect for it. He played the left side, the center side for San Diego. He's played the right side for us. There's no downside to that, right? Yeah.
2: I
4: agree. I would like to see that.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't have a problem with that. My and and it's coming off the Tacoma loss, so I'm, I'm feeling jaded mentally right now about our current our current center backs and their ability to track back and defend mm-hmm. in space. So in a normal week, I'm all in on that, and especially the uh, the ability of him to work with Nilsson and potentially Callens or Long or another of those high quality center backs, and then you pop in Escobar out. Out wide right and you pop in Pedro out left. There's a lot of fun you can have with those. Yeah,
0: absolutely. We've probably stuck on this a little too long, but it, to move on to what Matt hinted at a minute ago, uh, St. Louis city, not long ago, probably two hours ago, three hours ago posted the little guess who game and they put all the, uh, uh, rostered city two players on, on the, on the board on the flip card thing that you, we all know. Well, if we've all played guess who and, um, it was a fun little thing they did, but they said that one of these players—what player is going to be announced as pro next year? Uh, and so, joining course, Josh Yarrow. Yeah, joining Josh Yaro. You know, it occurred to me though <laughs> while we were talking that it, they could just be talking about Josh. Is that official? Have they
4: announced it as a pro? Okay, they've, so they've let's hope that's it. not it, that, right? <laughs> that's so real quick. That's my. This is my beef, and you know, this is this is my pet peeve: is the lack of knowledge in the general public that Josh Yarrow is is signed to an MLS contract. It was announced as soon as he was announced for city two, it was part of the press release. It's still listed out there. They haven't listed him on the, the roster at the bottom of the new signings because they're waiting for the city two season to end. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that caught me by surprise with this tease is they're not waiting for this. So it's a pivot in strategy here of how they're, um, how they're, they're positioning some of these city two players. So, I love it because it, it highlights the City 2 players appropriately in my mind because mm. we all know that we're looking towards next season. There are a lot of people who are discounting a lot of the, the gen pop or the casual fans who uh, don't get as nerdy about it as us. They're, just, they're, not, they're discounting City 2 because they don't realize that a lot of these players or some of these players will be on that roster. Uh, and this kind of highlights it in a way that I wish Yarrow had been highlighted this entire time.
0: Uh, completely agree with that and I, I guess that's my only worry with this announcement not that it would be bad because we need to educate the public this is something like we're a little too hipster for everyone right so like they need to announce it they need to make it more obvious so it could be Yaro. it could be a boring Kuzain, because we all know that that's probably you know we know that he signed to some extent to that team already right so those are the boring ones uh But we all came up with other ideas as well, right? Volmar is a possibility, although we've kind of all thought maybe no. Um, But what are the other options, guys? Jump in.
2: Not many. To me, to me, uh, Akil Watts. Yeah, there are too many. There are definitely too many options, but the one that stands out to me uh, is Akil Watts. Uh, He has proven that he can play in multiple positions and has done well this year and uh, the other thing, uh, he has played for, for Hackford, uh so he knows him very well and, and I'm sure uh, when they were scouting players um, this is a player they looked at closely uh, and he has done well at this le- he has done well at this MLS Next Pro level and I think he's ready to move to uh, the next level so hopefully he will get that opportunity.
4: And if you haven't read it yet, uh, Tom Timmerman had a fantastic article focusing on Akil Watts in Post-Dispatch, multiple quotes from Hackworth and Lutz about his versatility, even saying, I think it was Lutz who had the quote that, um, or maybe it was Hackworth, but they had a quote of uh, forecasting Akeel as a potential right-back option um, in MLS. MLS an MLS-level... MLS. Yeah, right. Not that he he will be or could be, but he has that uh, ability and they, they forecast him in that right back or full back role. So, I mean, knowing that that article came out last week and it had verbiage about that and they were hyping him up to that aspect of he can play every position, which we've seen him play every position mm-hmm. for City, too. I think he's played left back. He's played uh, definitely defensive mid. I think he might have even slid up to attacking mid at one point. At least he plays that role. Definitely a box to box in city too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's played right back. I wholeheartedly agree. Not just because of that article, but Akil has been one of my favorite guys to watch just because he'll slide everywhere. And he always find like he had the, the assist and he helped Juan Cousin score that goal uh, against Tacoma. He's always finding himself in, in play. And he, at one point, was uh, top of the league in goals outside the 18 because he's finding himself in those mm-hmm. positions to make plays. And that speaks to his versatility. And if you're really thinking about it, how many times do you see players at any level end up in prominent attacking roles or up the field in lower levels? And then as they're forecasted to where are you going to, where are you going to forecast in this higher level or in college or in pro? And they end up sliding you back a little bit to a better fit to where your skill would be at that level. This to me lines up perfectly with that thought.
0: Might have lost Stuart. Jake, is there anyone that stands out this year for you that you think might be able to make it into MLS that there might be talking about here?
4: I
1: just saw this guess who thing like right when we started streaming. So I'm uh, (laughs) catching up, but uh, I, I also, I didn't, I saw that there was the article about Akil Watts. I didn't read it. Cause again, I have not really been paying attention to anything. Um, but, and now that article and what you guys are saying, I'm like, oh man, it's gotta be a kill Watts. Cause they like yeah. to do, they like to give us little hints and Easter eggs here and there. Um, and he's right up front. He's like, he's one of the first people you can see with his big smile on this guess who board. I got it in front of my face. Um, my, my other guesses were, would to be, I know, I, I think I, in a previous episode, maybe it was a forecast. I said. I don't think Josh Doling is quite ready, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he mm-hmm. got a spot. Like we have our striker, we need a backup and he's proved that he can score and he can hold up play and he can create chances, which is good. And he's a big body. And um, I mean, that's, that's what it's the similar style, which is exactly, I mean, what we'd expect to, to see anyways. That's why we sign these guys. Um, and he's been doing a great job. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was him or also Vitor Diaz. I just love his creativity and everything he brings Um, but yeah, I'm probably sold on a kill Watts. I'd probably put money on Watts (laughs) at this point.
0: (laughs) I like the doling shot just because
1: like, I think all the time
0: about like Kyrie Sheldon still being trotted out by SKC on a regular basis. I was like, you know, doling couldn't do that, you know? And I also think that about, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the, uh, striker for the Sounders is from St. Louis. Why can't I think of his name? Bruin Bruin. Thank you. Yeah, I keep wanting to, kept wanting to say Baylor, Baylor Bruins. That's how my, my brain works. Stuart, are you still there? Do you Are you able to kind of comment on this, or should we move on?
3: Yeah, I'll pop it. Uh, so to circle back to what Matt was saying, I, the more I think of it, I'm kind of feeling like they're just doing a trip horse here for announcing Josh Barrow being part of the official city roster for next he he of the press releases or what the roster that put out on the website and stuff uh, but, I mean I've, from what I heard from day one that Zane was going to be an MLS there next year so if he signed the same contract as Yaro, which was hmm. this one-year MLS next per one-year MLS, then uh, I would expect it would be Kuzain. Uh, but there have been so many guys who are impressive. Watts makes sense. Uh, a guy like Ezra Armstrong, and how much financial uh, backing the team to sign him, maybe make if he's dropped out of favor uh, with Kwame uh, taking over his spot on the left side A kilowatt stolen Hebert would make sense but do you wait to announce guys still at the end of the year or do you wait until after the championship final victory to announce that you signed three or four guys? I mean what what's better than uh, you have a celebration in front of the fans? Say, hey, sign Sergio to contact. And you'll get your first uh, Washington University to city there, to city there. So, I don't know. I it feels like you could know how they're going. This the cynical part of me thinks this is how they're going to push the Yaros that we already know about.
4: Yeah, I've always Mm -hmm. thought that uh, I've always thought that would be a great way to cap the season is to announce like three or four guys as this is the graduating class type of thing. Or these are our promoted players or you've seen them all season and now you're going to follow them to the next level. Mm -hmm. That'd be awesome, which is kind of why I was surprised that they did the tease. Um, I do think it would be weird. Um, I'm not saying that Stu Stu doesn't have a good point because they haven't been hyping Yarrow as a team, but it would be weird for them to to caption it with who's joining Josh Yarrow and then it'd be surprised. It's Josh Yarrow. Remember, he's part of the MLS team. That's why I
3: completely missed that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think I have like, I I've been surprised that it's coming now as well. I thought it would come later, but um, the last thing I'll say is that the cynical side of me is seen in USL championship. You know, those two teams have always been there and it's been really interesting to see Always like one of the top 10 players in the USL championship will switch to a two side because they think like I'm going to switch to this team and then I'm going to move up to to MLS and I'll make it there, you know, and so it rarely works out. Sometimes it does. Uh, But part of me knows and I think part of City knows. That these guys are at least going to hang on for next year. You know what I mean? Like, even if they don't get that pro contract, if they're down there on the two team and the right guy gets injured they're going to bounce those guys up. I'm sure of it, right? And, and I don't even think they'll leave them down there on purpose necessarily and not use them if they're not needed. Uh, but there's just this thing that happens in soccer teams and the two teams that you can string these guys along probably as long as you want. And some people do, some people don't. So that'll be something to watch in the next year. Is I think next year especially, I think a lot of guys will hang on, and then I'm curious what will happen after next year.
4: Well, one of the weird, not weird, but one of the interesting things when we started talking about the city two roster and, and looking at who we signed, there were a lot of college graduates. There were a lot of USL yeah. championship experience, a lot of older guys, uh, early early to mid twenties. And so, you know, you're looking at these other teams and they're, they're spotlighting their 18, 19 year old. And I, I do think some of these guys who we've signed out of college or with the USL experience, like uh, like a Watts or an Ezra, definitely have some great opportunities. But when we think about those who don't make the city roster, you have to wonder how many are going to get brought back for that continuing opportunity. Because city two is not going away. It's still going to be a developmental team. And how many of those college graduates from this year, how many of those uh, second division guys that we signed for this year, if they don't break into city, are we kind of going to let them go and have their own opportunity elsewhere? Because I don't know what kind of contracts these guys might be on.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, I hope that if they know they're not going to use them in the pro team, they kind of let them know because a lot of these guys could be very successful on a really good USL championship team. I would love to see that as well for them.
4: Um, well, one one quick thing, too, as we as we think about it, because I know we're running up on time. Yeah. Um, w- when I think about who has the opportunity, I tend to look at who's been getting a lot of the the time on the field, who's who's leading our team in playing minutes, who have the coaches wanted to see on the field and, and shown confidence in. So the, from the top to the uh, top 10 minutes wise on our team, Kyle Hebert, by far, we've talked about him. Akil Watts is second on our team in minutes, pretty close to Kyle Hebert, to be fair. Josh Yarrow is behind him. Josh Doling, Celio Pompeu, Kuzain, Ben DeRosa, and then Kwame. So mm. a lot of the guys that we've been talking about, but you know, you're looking at Hebert and Watts and Yarrow, Doling and Pompeu and Kuzain Those are the top guys.
0: I didn't realize Kwame was catching up. That's impressive.
4: He, well, if you remember, he—I don't think he started the season as the starting left back. That was Ezra's spot, and Kwame quickly took that and ran with it. Yeah. And he—he he has been—he has a following in Canada. So I think it was Forge FC is where he used to play. Hmm. Uh, don't quote me on that, but he has like there's some guys who are who are Twitter accounts who are following him. So he has some love and some some. Accolades that are coming his way from Canada and guys excited to see what he's doing. Well, he's
0: got a spicy uh, Twitter account I enjoy reading some of his comments. It's pretty good. Um, we are running late on time, so we're going to do two more topics. I'm making an executive decision. Uh, I've loved the I can't the topic. hear you, Phil. You're cutting out. Yeah. I'm so glad we talked about what we did. Um, so I'm sorry. If you don't like that kind of thing, That was uh, that's my fault. Uh, I want to talk <laughs> about the rumored Rasmus Alm signing. Matt, I think you should talk to us about this one. I only looked him up. Um, pretty similar production on a much higher level to Jensen. Uh, but what, do, what have you read from this guy so far?
4: Definitely a higher level. Jensen, I don't think, had broken into a first team yet. He was still playing for the U19s uh, with his squad. Right. And so I, I actually, the first thing I looked is, uh, so he, so um, Rasmus Alm, there was a, an article that was in, my browser told me it was in Croatian. Oh. <laughs> so it trans. I don't know if that's where it could have been Swedish. I don't know, but um, yeah, it was Swedish. Okay, so translated from Swedish, um, that said that he was in conversations to be signed by St. Louis City to start off their season next year, would sign for their second uh, tier team. So it had a lot of the uh, details that I'm not used to seeing from foreign sources who seem to be more in the know of what our team is going through and what he's actually getting involved in. Yeah. So that gave it an an aura of credibility to me, even though I have no idea how credible the source is. But Rasmus Alm, 5'9", 26 years old, about to turn 27 in two weeks. Uh, Swedish, he's a right winger. His current contract expires at the end of this year, and he plays for a first division Swedish team uh, called Elfsborg. He's played for them since 2019. Um, that, that team is, he finished second in 2020, fourth in 21, and ninth so far this year. They run a summer league like MLS, mm-hmm. and so he's in the middle of his season, and which is important because his contract runs until December. If we sign him at that point, it would be you know likely on a free transfer, but if we get him for some reason, ahead of that, you know, we would have to pay the transfer uh, fee to get him out. Uh, right-winger does fill a role for us. Yeah. We assume that Tomas Ostrak would fill a right-winger, but he's an, he's been listed as an attacking mid except for in the press releases lately where they've listed him as a winger, which he has played a little right-wing. Um, Alm is a, is a primary right-winger, and he's made 96 appearances for Elsborg, has 26 goals, 15 assists. And before that, he had 85 appearances for Landskrona in the second tier of Sweden with 12 goals and 15 assists. Um, so he, he's, he's a goal scorer. He's got some good production and his, he has highlights on YouTube. Go check him out. Uh, it, it was pretty impressive to see some of the give and goes that he had and the way he was finding space and playing um, both out on the wing wide, but also working his way in, in center and in the box. So he, he was pretty exciting to see. And for it because I like to check this piece out um, FIFA 22 had him rated as a 66 which if you're comparing him <laughs> to our other signings Klaus was rated a 71 and <laughs> was rated a 61
0: yeah hmm. I was kind of thinking that already actually that's really funny I was thinking that's about the levels <laughs> and it's interesting to see Swedish players come over to the US like I don't think the Sweden league is that much higher than MLS if so all, all.
4: So I I looked into that part um, and on GlobalFootballRankings.com, mm-hmm. they have an SPI which is a soccer power index where they take um, they take different leagues they calculate the average based on the the league they belong to from 538 so stats heavy. And MLS is ranked 15th in the world on their list of leagues mm. and the Swedish, what was it? The Swedish Al- mm mm-hmm.
0: Mhm. That's is right. It's 27th. Where's da- uh, Denmark? Is that I'm curious about Jensen. Uh
4: Danish No, not Danish. Superliga, I believe. They S- don't 17th. Seven, uh-huh. Oh yeah, the Danish SAS League. Very close. 17th. Yeah, so Major League Soccer 15th, uh the Danes are 17th and this league we're talking about the Swedish First league, um, Ossvenskan, 27th. Mm, okay, so you're looking fine. at the, the level of competition in that league. MLS, if you're looking at the stats, should be a higher level of competition.
0: Cool. I like it. Uh, that's really exciting stuff. I love, you know, we love the player news. Let's finish this oh, episode. Phil, Go ahead.
4: Sorry, real quick, because mm-hmm. there's I've seen Facebook comments and Twitter comments. This would be our Ooh. eighth and final international slot signing.
0: I'm missing the chat stuff i'm sorry
4: yeah yeah that's um well yeah i guess now we could trade when likely will trade so those you know the south american talent that we know is there that we're supposedly scouting but we haven't heard anything of um you know we can and probably will trade some gam for international slots but of the ones that were allocated right off the bat
2: this would be the eighth yeah so yeah i'm sure we will we may trade uh to get more and get those South American players. But, yeah, for me, you know, I'm a little biased, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing a South American signing, but we're going to have to wait for that. And if the team doesn't uh, doesn't um, get any more international spots, uh, there will be an indication that any of those free agents or any of or those players they get uh, will be uh, U.S., U.S. born or green card holder. So it'll be interesting to to see if this will be our ADP and and see uh, what happens if the team uh, is going to be willing to trade uh, Monopoly money to get more.
0: Is Jensen signed to approach a deal for sure or an MLS deal for sure?
2: Yeah, they announced yeah. him. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: I just feel like he could have been sta- seen a stored down on the two team. But. We could do it. I only feel bad because I think I got really angry when Charlotte started buying international slots. And now we're clearly going to do that. I mean, hey, the,
2: the other thing I wanted to mention, maybe um, by early next year, some of these earlier mm-hmm. signings will be green car, green car holders. So that will open some more international slots for the team. The benefit Speaking of signing of these Charlotte. guys and getting them here right now. That's what that is. Speaking
4: yep. of Charlotte, right? they did that yeah okay and and uh so i I think i i read into this earlier this year but though we do have a law firm on retainer that specializes in (laughs) um green cards and
3: love it um
0: yeah perfect all right but we're gonna finish the episode uh with a preview of our game against chicago two coming up chicago fire two uh they're not doing so great second to last in the what sorry in the eastern conference third to last eighth place uh so i don't know what do we think is going to happen matt we got to start with you on this
4: i think it's our bounce back i i i think we i think we thump them um it's a home match last time we played the fire two we beat them five nothing at their home turf up at seat geek uh the fire two are a terrible team Hmm. they (laughs) they have um They've proven that time and time again. They've been in some up and down form lately. They've beaten FC Cincinnati 2. They've lost Orlando City B, and they've won in PKs against Rochester. Mm. FC Cincinnati 2 and Orlando City B, of course, are the only two teams worse, I believe, than the Fire or right there as bad as the Fire 2. So they're they're knocking around and losing two teams at their level. Um, we have a score to settle, I think, coming back strong and have some extra bolt and board material here. And when you, when you look at some of the stats, the, uh, the biggest differences I see are in the goals against. And so the fire two have allowed a whole lot more goals than we have. They allow more shots and the go- they've allowed 37 goals. We've only allowed 22 goals. Um, the other huge factor for them is how they play. And you can look to the passing stats for this indication. So they pass the ball a whole lot more than we do, which is not not too unusual for teams we play. So we, we just don't have that many passes. Uh, we, don't, we don't possess the ball a whole lot. We know that. But we actually have more accurate forward zone passes than they do. So they have they have us outnumbered total passes by 1,200. We have them outnumbered by 300 of accurate forward passes. Hmm. So we play the ball forward more a whole, whole lot more than they do. Um, we, we succeed in moving the ball and creating chances and getting shots off. Uh, they like to play the ball in the back. They have over 1,600 more accurate back zone passes than we do. So our press, and we saw it very well in that first match, our press can easily disrupt them, keep the ball back, uh, prevent them from creating chances. And all we have to do to me is play our game. So we showed that first match that if we play our game, we're going to beat them. And I think this is another perfect opportunity, and we need it right now after that Tacoma match.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have a uh, playoff preview coming up in a few weeks. I've so already got some thoughts, but um, that's a really good preview, Matt. I appreciate all those thoughts. Definitely stuff I hadn't looked into or thought of. Love the forward pass stat. That's a good one to to bring up in this situation. Anyone else have comments on that before we go?
2: Well, definitely bounce back game. And also important um, because after this game, CD2 is going to have Five straight games uh, playing away, so important uh, to win this one. Position um, at the top of the of the table or top two positions, and and see what what the team can do uh, during this five game three playing away. So it's an important game not only to bounce back, but but to um, to go away uh, in a good position. Absolutely and we
4: can't take for granted the the playoff position either so we're in second place right now mm-hmm. um we're only five points clear of the fifth place earthquakes too so a bad run of form by us and and we're we're out of it but this is an opportunity to stay pace with defiance dynamo two, north texas and we still have a game in hand for all three of those teams
2: yeah well and, and we have to play uh north texas and dynamo away so yep so so all these games uh coming uh some of them will be against direct rivals, so yeah, it's important to to beat Chicago and and go on that uh, away trip uh, in a high, on a high note.
0: Completely agree, and we might be incorporating new players, right? So we'll see.
4: We did get a we did get a question on uh, on, on Twitter um, asking about if we're prioritizing development or winning, and I think the the players coming in from MLS to me try to tell a little bit of that story. In the sense that, uh, to me, we're prioritizing development uh, above all else, but mm. they go hand in hand. In the sense that, if you're not, you, in order to develop, you need to win, and you want to give guys those uh, those experiences and the confidence. But if we wanted to strictly win at all costs, I think we would be getting Klaus in there, we'd be getting Pedro in there, we'd be starting Berkey every single mm. match, and we're not doing that. So it is a, a very much a balancing act of developing the guys who need developed uh keeping fit the guys who are eyeing next year um but yeah i hope we see klaus here pretty soon (laughs) you figure if we're going to see him it's either going to be the last game at home or he's going to be making an away trip
0: yeah i think he'll make away trips i think in another week or two we may see an appearance no i think we do any inside information there matt
4: I, no inside information, but I think we see I think we see an appearance from Klaus, similar to Berkey, and um, you know, I, I, yeah, we, I I don't want to get into it the, the Berkey Creek and McGrain comparisons, but um, you know I, I think it's that that speaks to the development aspect of our team when you look at we're starting Creek over Berkey and mm-hmm. we're going to give McGrain more minutes. I think it, and, and don't forget if we started and played Klaus from here on out what would Josh Dolling do?
0: I know. Yeah. Right.
4: He's the guy that we, he's one of the guys we just talked about. We need to see him develop and we need to see him in this home stretch uh, because we we want to see him next year.
0: I foresee another 20 minutes of conversation if I say anything else. So we're going to stop there. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. If you're still listening, uh, Full House, I love it when we got all five of us. So guys, thanks so much for showing up. We'll be talking to everybody in another week. Bye, everybody.
4: See you. Bye, guys. Yep.